0: Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast. We're here, excited to be here to talk about board games, card games, tabletop games of all kinds. Maybe even some role playing games, news, discussion, all kinds of goodies for you this week. My name is
1: Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler. And I have actually a quick, interesting uh, news update story to our actually monthly news story. Wow. Remember when we talked about the. We're not even
0: in the news roundup yet, and you have already hit know. Us. <laughs>
1: Uh, I felt like this because it's small but it's, it's if you watch our news roundup we talked about the issues that were occurring about the uh not asthma day alliance and diamond uh, being attacked by the the mm-hmm. uh ransomware the ransomware attacks yeah well earlier I got the Transformers deck building game in the mail and it was had it came in a diamond diamond box which I just you know I was like okay whatever it didn't occur to me then the email and they talked about it, like said, due to risk where we don't actually have a tracking number for you. And there are some issues with the promo packs. Oh, man. So it turns out it still was affecting them recently and messing not just with the comics, but their board games going out as well.
0: You were directly affected. You're you're a part of this news story now. <laughs> you're a <laughs> you're a biased source. So you can't I on care. It. Now,
1: like <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it means something to you. Well, hopefully they figure uh, that all that stuff out. Yeah, it's that all that stuff is wild. And let me tell you what else is wild. What's been going on lately with our podcast mascot, Roland F. Criterion? To fill in uh, listeners who may not know, Roland is our. Podcast mascot we created in using Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition rules, and he's been going on some adventures each week at the start of the show. And last week, he discovered that this wonderful feast he was present at turns out it was a group of cannibals, and they're maybe going to try to eat him. And he was getting ready to escape. He just figured out he, he doesn't he just not sure if anyone's watching him or not or knows that he knows about their their treachery, that they're up to no good as he's trying to escape. So we're going to see how that goes exactly. But we, we cannot do it alone. Uh, and to help us out, we are going to introduce our guest for this week, joining our party you know him for his board game writing and video contributions to channels like Geek and & Sundry and the Good Time Society, and most recently, the R&R Show. And now we are welcoming to our show, Ruel Gaviola. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for
2: having me on, guys. We are. Thank you for
1: coming on.
0: Yes, we're happy to have you here. So uh, we just need a little bit of your input to get things kicked off here. Now, Roland Criterion, you may not know, is an Asamar bard uh he's real good with instruments he hasn't done much fighting he's only level two he's a he's a new guy in our in our storyline here uh but he's in this is like a this is like a snowy wasteland and well what was it last week he was about to sneak under something to try to escape didn't we have a cliffhanger
1: (laughs) yes he was he's currently in the tent this is where he discovered all the, the the malicious intent's <laughs> Intent <laughs> yeah. of our group, yeah. uh, and so he was going to try to like, since it's a tent, you know, pull up on the edges and sneak underneath and get away. Yeah, yeah. Ah. So, oh no, wait. And he did. He casted. He was casting light to like right. shed light and see shadows of people. That's what it was. I know there was some <laughs> weird cliffhanger we had.
0: Yeah, he used some kind of some kind of a spell. So, i well do you have any? any suggestions is there if, if you were in roland's shoes in in this character is this character's campaign uh, is there something that you might do feel free to ask questions about his inventory or abilities that yeah yeah fun. so
2: so he's a bard uh, what what instrument does he actually have a lyre or a, other kind of instrument handy right now
0: yeah, I mean he's got he's got a few of them. We know he's got a hand drum. <laughs>
1: also, oh,
0: okay, that's also cool. got a, I think he's got a pan flute is a big
1: one for him and a song horn. Mm. A song horn. Okay, he's he's a, he, a one man band.
2: Okay, well, right off the bat, if he's a one man band and you know this is an intense moment, he's trying to get away. Right? Is that is that what I uh, understand correctly? Yeah, he's trying yes. to get away undetected if possible. Oh, undetected. Okay, because the well, first thing that comes to mind or not it's up to you know why i'm just thinking i don't know why but i'm thinking roland's got the the uh the, the white stripe song seven nation army going uh i don't know if it's in his head <laughs> or he's actually playing it dun, 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 dun. and i just i'm just picturing this bard doing this um <laughs> yeah. so I don't know, where's he gonna go with this tune going on um he peeks under the tent or he lifts up the flap for the tent is that correct yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, it's like a, it's like it's like a caravan. You
0: know, he found some stored some meat that's uh, not uh, not kosher. I would say. <laughs>
2: oh, meat that's not kosher. Okay, well, yeah, no good. You know, uh, in, in in honor of the uh, princess bride, I think our character Roland here is uh, looking for a good M.L.T. a mut- uh, mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich. So maybe he can mm. steal some of that meat and make a sa- <laughs> grab a sandwich to go okay uh, all right
1: preparing for his journey i like it
2: all right now some of this
0: meat <laughs> might be uh it, we, it could be human meat but i guess maybe he'll be careful and try to take some <laughs> maybe we're gonna maybe our role this week will be for him to uh try to figure out if he can make a sandwich that's not human flesh <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's always a good thing right
0: <laughs> yeah how about why don't we uh, uh so will's gonna handle the die roll for this one uh let's see i think we're, this might be Hmm, I mean, probably a per- another perception role Does, or, or or maybe survival. Either way, I think it's going to be definitely. I, th- I think it's
1: survival. It's it's a weird style survival, but he's foraging. Yeah, in right. A way. Yeah. So I I think
0: I'm good with that. Let's that see how it goes. Good.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think it went very well. It's not a it's not a crit. But it's an 18 so i think he Yay. knows his meats very yes. good and
0: roland's a, a wise fella he's got plus three to that role so yeah i think i think Ooh. he's preparing a real good <laughs> mlt <laughs> and he's get, he's getting out of there he is on his way out with with the music in his head i won't sing it again i don't want to get copyright strikes <gasps> Oh, uh, that's but, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, sing it all you want. I don't care. I'll, I'll be singing some Beatles songs later too. We'll just we're gonna <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna beat around the bush here. All right. Well, nice. I'm glad that you were here to help us with that. Thank, thankfully, Roland can continue his journey. We'll see what he gets up to next week. But now, let's actually talk about board games for the rest of our show. Much more straight laced and formal. First up it's the news roundup. <laughs> news <laughs> roundup. <laughs> okay, we've got some interesting news stories this week, some uh some real industry shakeups as I like to say concerning the the business end of the board game world. Asmodee is at it again. Asmodee of course is the parent company of many large and small publishers in the board game world. They've got Fantasy Flight. They've got Z-Man. They've got Catan. They have a, a lot of board games that people know are owned by the parent company of Asmodee, and they are now looking to get their mitts on Exploding Kittens. So actually, Asmodee already had a distribution deal with Exploding Kittens, which, if anyone doesn't know, is a pretty popular casual party card game that was created by uh, in part by the Oatmeal uh, webcomic creators. And now they have actually invested in the owning company so that they are partial owners of, of Exploding Kittens. Technically, the deal doesn't fully go through until the end of the month, and they didn't just buy the whole thing outright, but they did say that they look to have a lot more influence going forward into how this game is sold and perhaps even the design elements, whether that be for expansions or alternate versions or who knows what going forward. Ruel, what do you think? It's another, it's another Asmo Day acquisition. Uh, how does Exploding Kittens land in, in your board game world? And is this something that you think? Is this just another? Is it even news anymore when Asmo Day starts to
2: acquire something? <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's what I was thinking. You know, the tentacles of Asmo Day continue to reach out um, throughout the industry, and I didn't even uh, honestly, I didn't even know that they were part owners of Exploding Kittens to begin with. But it makes sense, um, and I mean the the strong or the big get, keep getting bigger. I mean, you can see at exploding kittens at Target at all these you know big box stores now. And even though it's not really a game that makes it the table much uh, with my gaming group, um, it's an important game because it gets people into the hobby.
0: Yeah, that is definitely true. I mean, it's uh, I think it's you know it's easy for hardcore gamers to to laugh and sneeze at these, uh, these sorts of games, uh, but right, you got to right. have, you got to have them. You got to have your munchkins. You got to have your exploding kittens. If you want to get people into the other stuff.
1: I want to yeah, point a- out. Absolutely. And I want to double check this, but I'm pretty sure the company is also called exploding kittens. So this isn't just about okay. the game. It's also like, yes, throw burrito, uh, oh the, I, I'm totally blanking all the other ones. that's true I but, should yes,
0: I should have clarified. Yeah. They also recently got um Happy Salmon from North Star Games is now under the Exploding oh, Kittens wow. umbrella. So yes, wow. that is true it's it is there are there are more things at stake here um, and and it's it, clearly Asmodee has an eye at this point for they they can see when something is very popular <laughs> and they know when it is valuable. <laughs> and we also still are in the dark we had heard rumors recently that Asmodee is up for sale. So they they may be being bought by someone, and they're still
1: buying stuff. (laughs) So it's like (laughs) the train really never stops. (laughs) My guess is, I assume it hasn't sold yet. I feel like we'd hear about it in some ways. Yeah, yeah. 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 What was it? Two billion euros. That was the rumored. Oh my god. The rumored. Yeah. Yeah. So my guess is, I mean, like you said before, this is one of those games. Like you just see it in targets and your major shopping stores a lot. Right, uh, right. And yeah. they're probably if it hadn't like, let's let's get the stuff that most people see. Because yeah. regardless of even how often these games hit our table, I feel it's if they're stocking at those kinds of places because it sells. And then if Asmodee right. is able to get influence on that, remember they don't own it yet, but influence, it makes their their package look more enticing to purchase for whoever has two billion lying around. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we also maybe see. It seems like Asmodee likes is starting to like to do more crossover stuff. Um, are we going to see Pandemic exploding kittens or something? Or uh, I don't know, the exploding, exploding happy salmons.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exploding <laughs>
0: kittens. The uh, the miniatures game from or an LCG from Fantasy Flight or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Mysterium Kittens Edition. <laughs>
0: yeah, whatever. Yeah, fi- figure out how, how did this kitten get exploded? <laughs> the ghost has to tell you uh all kinds of interesting possibilities there uh but uh we'll see how it goes as i feel like it's it it really does become repetitive sometimes with these asmodeus stories usually the the ending sentiment is just like yeah it's probably bad but you probably also won't
1: notice any difference so i don't know weirdly (laughs) enough i think it fits well with the game of exploding kittens because it's really not that they just got a game because we know they're gonna keep going the pessimist in me is just knowing that it could be a time bomb. Cause I feel the way these things work is they keep selling it for a higher price until the best thing for them to do is to piecemeal it. And that's when you have to worry, like, are they going to reprint this game again? Is it going to be under someone else? And you, that's when we need to all like scramble. Right.
0: You're <laughs> yeah. saying you think they might not, someone might not buy them outright, but they'll just sell parts of them out to different
1: people. I just assume eventually mostly that's just my own. Th- I don't think, and Every business seems to think otherwise. I don't think you can keep growing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just think that that comes a point. And then that usually is the best way to, uh, as they would say, cover your losses. Granted, I think having such a a fantastic game collection is not a loss, but you know.
2: Right, right. It's interesting too, because it, it ties into the whole, this whole like, you know, when's this board game bubble going to burst, right? And um, it hasn't yet, but there's got to be a certain point where it's like, you know, like you said, you're just going to have to start piecemealing this because there's no more room for growth, maybe. I, I really don't know. It's really interesting. Frankly, I'm impressed it, it didn't burst now with
1: everyone being, with all the shipping issues. Right, just, right. Board games are still like, no, we'll find a way. We'll do it. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I guess yeah. you could still fit your giant miniature boxes over here somehow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. Like two or three years ago, we were talking about the potential of a board game bubble when, like, Kickstarter really started taking off, and it's it's just it hasn't yet to. It just keeps going. <laughs> Everything yeah. still seems to grow.
1: Now it, that is where I think Asmodee should go next: Kickstarter. Cut out the middle, man. You're just now I'm surprised, honestly,
0: they don't have their own. Just like start the yeah. Asmodee founder or something. Why not? But I guess they don't want to do that just yet. They're good with where they are. Well, let's stick on this yeah. subject. It wouldn't, uh, yeah, no, sorry, uh, sorry. I was
2: just going to say, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did eventually. You know, it, it feels like that's that's the next move, right? It could be. I mean, Hasbro
0: basically has their own like crowdfunding yeah. thing, right? And um, That's right. I know in video games, double fine kind of started their Mm -hmm. own. It's it's not unheard of. And they certainly have like, if nothing else, basically Kickstarter, we all know at this point is a marketing tool uh, to, Mm -hmm. at least, at least for, for bigger companies to some extent. Uh, And, you know why it wouldn't hurt them even if they know it's going to get produced anyway they just get like a 60 30 day window to tell people about the game <laughs> that they're going to make. right uh it could be a good angle for them well asmo day if you're listening <laughs> you can have that one for free <laughs> no 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 no
1: no no, no. We're, we're, we'll sell for on the cheap nothing close to their two billion just you know I think a few million for each of us. I think that's fair. I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Euros, right? Euros? Euros, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Euros. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's not the only story of acquisition this week. Uh, we also have a word of Greater Than Games, the publisher behind Sentinels of the Multiverse and other titles, uh, Spirit Island... That's them, right? Spirit Island? They did that. Yep. (laughs) games. Thanks for the confirmation. (laughs) I get insecure sometimes. Uh, And they have announced that they have been outright acquired by the Flat River Group, who they had partnered with previously. The Flat River Group essentially is an e-commerce company that works with various businesses to help them manufacture and distribute and sell their products. Uh, They do work with board game publishers. They also have, uh, at least according to their website, worked with people like Amazon, Target, Walmart, big time people. And now they officially own Greater Than Games. Uh, the entire staff of Greater Than Games is intact, according to uh, the blog post on their website. It sounds like creatively, uh, not much should change. This is just going to be more for their technical side of things. They are going to be holding uh, a little ask me anything type thing later this week, so people may be able to get more details during that presentation. But this is strikes me as a little different from the Asmodee story, because you know, usually Asmodee is out there buying up the the big dogs. And Greater Than Games is feels like a big dog in, in our world. But I think in the scheme of things outside of the board game hobby, they're not nearly as well-known as a brand name. Uh So I don't know. What do you think, Ruel, about this particular acquisition? Does it sound like something that is it a positive thing or does it worry you at all to see a more, an independent company now go under with a, with another larger conglomerate?
2: I, I think I see it as a positive thing. Um, you know, mainly because as you were saying, and as the story goes, uh, they're still going to, you know, maintain creative control over everything. And, you know, it's a way to, uh, you know, work together and, and, you know, improve the technical side of things and, you know, one thing I got to say is, like, I don't know what's going on, what's in the water over there in Missouri, but they've got a lot of great game companies over there. They've got Greater Than Games, StoneMeyer, Dice Hate Me, Genius Games, Gray Fox. Like, what is happening over you know, there? It's awesome. There is a Missouri. specific
1: rule that there are no taxes you have to pay if you include dice in your product. That must be it. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it should be.
2: Yeah. It's a yeah. very dice-friendly state, apparently. But, um, <laughs>
1: as as we all know the the state was founded on its dice mines <laughs> back in the day it's interesting i feel like there's these little pockets in the in the u.s where you'll
0: i know like in seattle there's a yeah. good activity and then like even where uh will and i are in the new jersey new york is really big for like magic I
1: think. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, right. trading trading cards around here it's always i always hear like when it comes to contests like oh you should be fine unless you're in the tri-state area Right. <laughs> then you're gonna you better know the meta then
0: so maybe missouri will can be the new uh the silicon valley of, <laughs> of board game developers <laughs> right uh well I, anyway. I
1: imagine that it's curious but i do know that uh greater than games does a lot of kickstarters and at least one i know of has had some issues i don't know if it's because of shipping and stuff but by partnering with a company like this, this could be a, a way where they could be more confident in that. Like, they could discuss like, can we guarantee to get Sentinels of the Multiverse living card game out by December? And they could be like, yes or no.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I think right. that it should help a lot with that. At worst, I think maybe, maybe hard, like a little bit harder to get some games because of maybe some weird exclusive deals, but it's not nearly, at least in my head, because it's a distribution company it's 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 not nearly something to be worried about like i like i do not think this will affect the quality of game
2: right right and just the fact that i mean instead of like you know you're just talking about those shipping issues again right so Mm -hmm. if you're just like a small independent company by yourself you're most likely you know in big trouble when it comes to the shipping issues but if you're working together you know partnering with other companies and you're now you're with um you know, a uh, flat river group, hopefully that'll, you know, help you with those issues, you know, um, you know.
1: What I'm curious about is the, I went to their site just to see what it was like. And they have like retail partners, you know, they list all the major stores. Does this mean we're going to see a lot more greater than games in places like Target now? Cause I don't, at least I cannot picture them. In my head. you know, I picture like Robinsberger exploding kittens and stuff, you know, yeah. I bet
0: there are Barnes and Noble, but Barnes and Noble is pretty right. good. They, they mm. have a bigger they, selection. They do.
1: Yeah, they have a pretty solid, usually, at least. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Much more than Target. Like, I, I was still, I'm still shocked that I saw, like, you know, Red Rising at Target recently. I was like, wow. Yeah, I that, was, I. You know, I mean, Wingspan was really cool. seen that in Target was amazing, too. But, yeah, I, I was surprised.
1: Yeah, I, I will say Target has been upping it, too. It's not like they mm-hmm. have been, but it, 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 there's always, of course, I believe, room for more. <laughs>
2: Right. Agreed. Agreed. More growth,
0: as we said. Uh yeah, that would be cool to see Greater Than Games uh spread out to more places. And yeah, as a good point you made, Ruel, about like right now, that maybe they for them this might have been really essential to make sure they could get all their shipping and everything in line. And right maybe we'll see more partnerships like this as we kind of see how different companies are trying to pivot and adapt to the new status we live in which seems to be not going away really anytime soon (laughs) yeah it's like it's right now it's like oh it's it's like now only ten thousand dollars more than for a crate than it (laughs) used to be instead of twenty five thousand it's like really good
1: I'm gonna be (laughs) excited for the Uline Leader Games partnership there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) FedEx will acquire somebody I don't know okay (laughs) Wizards
1: of UPS
0: Now you've done it. (laughs) Well, let's, let's we'll bring Wizards of the Coast in here next. And we mentioned magic a little earlier. Next story has to do with Magic: The Gathering, and specifically Magic: Gathering Arena, their digital version of Magic. And they are introducing a brand new mode to the game called Alchemy, which shakes things up a little bit. Well, I know you know more about this stuff than I do, so could you? Just jump in here and ex- explain sure. to me exactly what alchemy mode is and why it's scary, maybe.
1: <laughs> so, the original match of the gathering, there's plenty of weird formats because this game's been on for so long. And the common one, the one that arena mostly uses is standard, which uses the most recent sets. Now, I want to say six months ago or something very recent, they made a special arena only set of cards that had things that would only work on digital client. It'd be like, Instead of a card reading like find a specific name card, it'd be like choose from this spell book. And the spell book is a special list you have to digitally find and like the the computer takes care of everything. So alchemy is now pretty much a new format where they're not only going to add more cards like that. So cards that would only make sense in a digital cannot be printed in paper, but they're gonna actually take some of the older cards that we've known that may be either really good or really bad and actually change them. So when you used to know if a card was named Counterspell, for example, it always worked the same, regardless of the art, regardless of the set it printed. Now in Alchemy, that might cost two more. So that's the idea behind Alchemy. It is now going like, it's really pushing its digital side of what it can get, what it can mess with.
0: Yeah. uh, Which as far as I understand it, some magic players aren't thrilled about because there's uh you know like you know they whatever their idea of the game is or the sanctity of wanting to collect all the cards or wanting to keep things consistent between formats or i'm sure you will tell me exactly what all that works how all that works and what people think but first ruel are you a magic player at all does any of this mean anything to you <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i'm not a magic player I've, I've played the game a few times back in the day but i, I was, it was never really my jam but over the pandemic um a lot of the guys i used to game with really got into it and some of them for the first time got into magic you know online uh, others like rediscovered the game so this is really interesting i'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how you know th- my buddies react to this um because they just started getting, you know, we started getting together now that everyone's, you know, vaccinating, it's a little safer. We're starting to have in-person gaming events again. And there's a small group of us that have broken, or them, that have broken off into, you know, meeting um, on other nights just to play Magic. So it, it's uh, really cool to see that, you know, some of these uh, new variations of the game have, have, like, sort of rekindled the interest for uh, some of the players. and um I, I may dip my toes into it as well. I I, I don't know right now, but um, I'm always willing to give a give a game a try. So why not? Be very careful when you say that around me. I'm going to take out my commander decks then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> don't 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 toy with them. he will do it. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I you know I, I dabbled a little in Hearthstone when it came out and one of the things that i do did really like about hearthstone was that because it's not tied to an actual physical game they were able to really just make things that you couldn't really do with real cards or would be very tedious to find a way to make them work in real life. So I I kind of like that, those sorts of things to me, this sounds like it could be a cool new mode of the game. Will, as someone who's more steeped in this stuff, although I don't think as much the digital version, what, what do you, where do you stand on it?
1: I'm not as big of a fan, but that's, I feel less because of what they're doing and more of, I wasn't a fan as you said, of the digital client to begin with. The it is a in essence, it's a this is designed as a free to play game. You don't need to put in any amount of money, but it only has newer sets in there. The my favorite format is Eternal, which means all the cards are available. And this just seems like after those digitally exclusive cards, it this just seems like the natural order. To go with like we're going to go all in on this digital client and this is now we are officially diverging from paper life. magic arena used to be like oh it's where you play magic but digitally this feels much more akin to saying almost i'm trying to uh th- like playing a tabletop version of bloodborne versus the video game bloodborne hmm. you know those have they are different yeah and there are some problems that are annoying. For if One of the things Magic did really well is, and this has to do also with the digital exclusive, if I played a card, I'm going to scroll through this fun little list. Um, a, a Red Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> the, Red Dragon. It, it What I read on the card, like sure, it could have some weird interactions and people always try to break the game, but everything you need to know is on the card. A lot of these now because they take advantage of the client, it will say something like, draft from, this, from Armed Scavenger's spellbook. I have no idea what those are now. Like, mm-hmm. I can't just read the card. Mm-hmm. The other weird thing is, which Magic did really well, and other games too, I think, or most, some, this is, if we're playing something, for example, Pokemon, Digimon. Those. if I say, oh, this Pikachu card is good, you don't know which one because they printed like twenty different cards and named you, They all have different abilities, which is just that's how they work. With Magic, if I said Omnith, Omnith does not change. Now you have to worry about what time and date I meant by that because the Alchemy mode. That said, every game has its hiccups. You know, we've that's what we do when we look at we all look at games. And for this to be in the digital client, it's not removing the standard. If you still want to play classic Magic, but digitally, it still has its standard mode this is at least them it's a new game and i get it i just wish of course it was like magic alchemy 60 dollar game one-time purchase and you can get all the cards in there not the free-to-play model but that's my own personality
0: i'm sure someday they'll do that no they won't why (laughs) would they they, you're you're right (laughs) They're they're not gonna do it uh yeah but yeah it is a separate mode so that's that's worth noting. If, if, you don't, if you don't like it, I guess you can just ignore it for now, at least. But I, maybe the fear is that it'll become so popular they expand. I more. mean,
1: if it becomes popular, then that's fine. That means people are enjoying that mode. Yeah. I still have my paper copy. That's the thing. I st- it's not the paper version, I think, won't go away. I would be shocked. I mean, it, it could hypothetically, if every magic player decided arena was the way to play, then yes, paper magic would go away but I think there's too much money in paper magic that I think they're just going to go their own separate paths. As far as I know, they've done most of like, if you get some of the cards that are updating change, I don't think it, it takes away from your collection, your digital collection. So Mm -hmm. it's just them going all in on a new, a new format that is very weird to magic players. But I, uh, hopefully at the very least, it's something that at worst you can just ignore
0: yeah well it launches uh pretty soon i think at the end of this week so if you're someone who plays magic arena give it a shot and we'll see we'll see how it goes that is that is free to play right other than you know the microtransaction but you can download it and try it for free right magic yes arena? Like,
1: yeah. like you can like that's like free to play in the sense like you can play games yeah. you can even earn we all know what free to play game. means yes. th- these days <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh But yeah, anyway, so we'll see how the alchemy mode goes. One last story real quick. This involves the classic tabletop game Carcassonne. Now, this game came out in 2000, tiling game. You're putting down tiles and meeples and scoring little regions and things like that. And in 2014, they had a redesign where they redid all the art. They started re-releasing expansions and things with this new art style. There also was a 20th anniversary edition uh, just not too long ago, uh, which kind of tweaked the art again. And now it seems there's another slightly different version of Carcassonne that is coming. Uh, at least it has gone on sale in a couple of other countries, France and Greece, and it seems like we will be coming here. So there is a new big box version of Carcassonne, which will include the base plus some expansions, as well as it looks like a new standalone version of the core game and the art seems to be very similar to other recent versions of the games but a little bit tweaked a little bit different maybe with some things changed artwork missing or new artwork added on depending on which tile you're looking at i believe all of these things are compatible but you know depending on how you play or how many different versions you have the art may look inconsistent as you play the game i just wonder what is going on ruel how do you have how many versions of carcassonne do you have and why do we think this is
2: why are there why do they redo this game so many times what am i missing? <laughs> right I, I was wondering the same thing once you know as I, I looked at the article and i just i looked at the pictures uh, aside from the box cover which I, I i do like the box cover art i think it's neat how they incorporate like the tiles and stuff in, in the the uh landscape here but The tiles themselves they they look really similar to me and i'm not sure why they i mean i you know you 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 get a game i guess you want to give it a fresh coat of paint every couple of years maybe but um i i own the the rio grande edition of carcassonne i still have that one and it's been fine for all these years i also own the star wars edition which i absolutely love Mm. um it was a prized possession of mine. It was um, I got to visit Japan a few years ago for the first time, and we found a game store out there which had a copy, and I bought it immediately, and I still love that game. But um, as far as, I don't know, why why do they keep uh, reprinting and adding art? I I think it's just one of those things. Hey, you have this title that's been around for 20 years. Every now and then you want to freshen it up. Why not? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I definitely understood the first time because, you know, Catan, I mean, sorry, not Catan. Carcassonne, uh, both of them sort of have that kind of art style. That's it's of its time. It definitely lo- it looks like a dry Euro game. When I think it's, you could definitely market Carcassonne more as like a fun modern family game, which is which it it, it is still or still yeah. plays like one essentially. Uh, I don't. What do you think, Will? Are you you want to go in on this I, new version of Carcassonne or?
1: <laughs> I, I don't think I'll be buying it, but I definitely agree that the art gives it more of a modern I think look and not only that it's sort like the fact it shows the mechanics and stuff it's like oh what's this if they're doing something on the table like coming to life the one thing in the article I was curious about just because I I know the game but I don't know the history of it that they specified this is French medieval landscape what would Italian medieval landscape look like? <laughs> well, isn't it literally...
0: Isn't Carcassonne a French city? <laughs> right? Exactly. I, just, I was just like, the region. Huh.
1: Yeah, I think that's I didn't know. That. Yeah. I'm just like, that's a game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it, it on is... our
0: board game world tour shirt. Available now at <laughs> uh, I, I,
1: It is a little weird with... especially This is one of those things where a game that has how many expansions of those little boxes <laughs>
0: 77 i think <laughs> it's got a that million about of them. right.
1: <laughs> like and maybe the idea is we're going to do this and then we're also going to for now i mean yes and there's the pessimistic we're going to make you buy you know a newer version but hopefully they can condense those two just yeah. for the sake of tracking them i mean we talked yeah. about i can't remember what, oh we we're talking about um star realms last episode and just how i was like i can't keep track of this it's this is like as hard as keeping track the story of kingdom hearts (laughs) there's too much (laughs) stuff going on
0: (laughs) yeah that's what it is for me it's just confusing If, if you're someone new to carcassonne well probably maybe you're a more casual gamer you just buy what's on the shelf and maybe you're not as concerned but for some people you're looking at this like which versions should i buy and if i do buy this version are there expansions that might not work or like won't look as good especially if you're you know a lot of gamers like to have their collections looking consistent so if it's if you have like one version of the artwork from 2001 from 2014 and then a new one <laughs> that could
2: bug some people including me yeah <laughs> right and i'm wondering too i mean i'm assuming like all the roads and stuff like line up throughout the versions like I, i've never actually mixed or matched tiles from different versions like do they actually line up to to each other i'm i'm not sure
0: yeah, I, if, I huh. haven't heard anyone complain about that. I, I think they've been good about that on that front, but okay. I don't know from personal experience. <laughs> it's, it's something you got to worry about, at least. Yeah. All right. So that's the news we've got for you this week. Let's take a look at some games that are being crowdfunded. We're going to go to Kickstarter. Pickstarter. Oh, this one uh, looks that's nice, one. It's nice. It's I nice. nice. So what about this one? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Well, you've got you've got a show every week where you talk about Kickstarter <laughs> games. So I imagine there's at least a few games that you're excited about or interested in or maybe backing yourself. Is there one pick uh, from recent times that you'd like to highlight? I know things are kind of dying down right now in Kickstarter because yeah. it's towards the end of the year, but maybe something from uh, in the last couple of weeks that you think is worth talking about
2: yeah i actually just backed something um uh late last week uh voyages mm. uh, this was a yeah a print and play a roll and write that got crazy amount of traction and you know they were only asking for you know a couple of hundred bucks or whatever they're at like 28 or twenty nine thousand right now they've had over like five thousand backers um it's i i couldn't resist it i mean it's you know, it's an easy sell for me. I mean, it's a five dollar and write. You just print it at home, you know, laminate it or whatever, and you know, use some standard D sixes. And uh, I'm a huge fan of rolling and rights. And this one, I'm I was like, yeah, it's an easy back for me. So that that's the most recent one that I've been excited about. It yeah, didn't we-
1: occur to me to print it once, then laminate it. That's I was just like, oh, you just print it again. Thank you, but, but no, that's even better. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah I'm. Uh, my wife is a teacher, and uh, you know, if if y'all know any anyone in education, a lot of the teachers have laminators because they laminate things all the time, and it just worked out perfectly that I got in the board game hobby because hey, we've got a laminator, I can laminate everything now. <laughs> that's a nice life hack.
0: Marry a teacher.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs>
0: the other alternative is you get an overhead projector and then you can project it onto the onto the wall and write on I it. I haven't seen one of those <laughs> wow. projectors in so long. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, they probably don't do that in school anymore. It's that's a little old. Uh, yeah, I, I, we talked about voyages last week and yeah, I, you know, speaking from earlier about companies having to deal with the the shipping crisis and everything. I thought this was a really unique smart way to kind of do that.
2: Right. Right. Uh, You know, you take yeah, you don't have to worry about you don't worry about manufacturing. You don't worry about distribution right there. Those are two huge ones. And it's I I thought it was an interesting or it is an interesting campaign uh, still going on as we speak, you know, because they took this you know idea of the print and play, which has been around forever, but it's almost like they remarketed it and it made it like fresh and exciting and people totally jumped on board. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is will not be the first nor the last time that it's not because you're the first to, you're just the first to get people
2: to notice. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah so that is voyages, right? It's plural voyages or it's just yes. one voyage. <laughs> okay. Multiple voyages, as many <laughs> as you can voyages. print uh, <laughs> or laminate. And yeah, I thought that one looks cool too. And like I said last week for, for five bucks or six bucks, whatever the asking price is. Oh, I yeah. mean, If you like rolling rights, you might as well just back it. I mean, it seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah. uh so that looks cool will do you have a pick this week that you're talking i
1: about? i do and i was going to. is like, it
0: the one that there is or is it a different one
1: <laughs> i don't i think i know what you're talking about maybe but no it's not that the big okay. one okay but it was going to piggyback off that one i didn't know you were going to pick <laughs> the All shipping right. roll, print and roll and right because it's another print to play roll and write wow it's these kids creative games i thought it was really cute they're bunch of these uh print to play games designed with younger kids in mind like some of them are rolling a dice doing different patterns some of them are actually cutting out pieces and trying to arrange them in specific ways they all have this weird unique patterns or like doing uh like hiding hidden information it looks like a really cute fun one and like the other one the print to play it's very cheap you can get all the games for ten dollars. It's currently, I know they have Kickstarter for uh, not Kickstarter, uh, stretch goals for more, but you get uh, I think eleven here. I'm counting now, and there's actually an earlier pledge. Apparently, he did this before for twenty two print and play roll rights. So it just seems like you can get a lot of bang for your buck, and especially now with kids, and we don't know if they're they're gonna have to stay home for classes or whatnot. Like this is could be a really easy way to help entertain them and not feel bad if you bought that copy of pandemic or whatever and they're just not into it as a uh, Jonathan can attest at least uh, having sometimes the kids don't care about the rules <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yes uh, that is that is has been my experience so we so we were joking about uh, laminating games with the teacher but this this our <laughs> roll and write print and plays actually designed to be played with kids t- in a classroom potentially
1: yeah uh, they said for parents and teachers so Wow. That's that's pretty cool. And and it
0: it does, you know, it makes sense because it seems like the, definitely the kind of thing you could easily work in, you know, math or language skills. And it's something that you can, a teacher can be the, you know, the, the bingo caller, the person who sits up front and rolls the dice or whatever, and all the kids can participate. Like, that's kind of a genius idea, actually, I think.
1: And one of the things I do love that they have in here, they have, like, very beautiful... Colorful ones that pop, but they say like we have different versions. You can get the black and white version or the two page. Because as anyone knows who's printed a lot of stuff, ink isn't as expensive. <laughs> yes,
0: it is very expensive. <laughs> so that is Kids Creative Games is the name of that project. So take a look at that. Now the the big one that I was referring to that's launched this week. Uh, actually, I think it might have launched late last week, but it's based on the Borderlands video game, and it's Borderlands Mister Torg's arena of badassery. I assume this character is from the game, but
1: I don't remember if he, if I he was. I think two DLC. He's like DLC for okay. Borderlands Two. There you go, I think
0: that's why I don't remember because I didn't play the DLC, but Borderlands is a is one of those looter shooter style games. First person shooter cooperative and you go in and collect a bunch of weird guns and kill monsters and gain powers and level ups. And this is uh, from monster fight club. It's looks like more of a miniature style game. You have different of these these different characters, vault hunters. Is that what they're called? Yep. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the standard, it's very, looks like they're stayed fairly true to the game, but it's not, uh, it's not like the story mode, so to speak, although there are scenarios and missions you can play through in this title that I think will link together and there will be bosses and things like that. It's kind of based around what sounds more like an arena shooter. At least that's the flavor of it. Like I sorry, like a wave based sort of a thing. And, uh, you have different characters and as you're going, of course, They have this system where you roll dice to kill monsters, and depending on what you roll, you need to roll high enough, sort of like an RPG, to hit them, and they will drop loot, which could be guns or could be other powers. And you have skill trees and things, so you'll level up just like the game. Um, You know, I I liked the Borderlands game. I think it's fun to play um, with friends. I can't say that this project uh, looks super enticing to me, as someone who's just not that much into the, the style of uh, miniatures game uh I, I think it's maybe it's like a fair to call it a miniatures board game hybrid i don't think you're using a ruler or anything like that to to lay out your battlefield there are components to that make up the maps but uh not necessarily my thing like all the different minis you can collect and everything like that but it could be i think if people are borderlands fans and it's certain depending on which aspects of the games they like this could be something worth looking at uh either of you i know will's played borderlands but either of you think this looks cool or fans I, of the game
2: it, you know when i first saw it i mean it was, i was thinking immediately oh this has got to be a cool mini or not game right it's got the minis, <laughs> it's got you know the production value and sure enough it wasn't i was like oh i was surprised um i'm not now is it uh the borderline is that based also uh, on a comic book as well or is it just strictly a video game
1: I think... I think it initiated as a video game but yeah. you know it's okay. one of those things that came big enough i'm sure there's a comic and stuff yeah, yeah. no yeah. they're not tv sh- i don't think there's a tv show in the works yet but i'm sure there will be
2: right right yeah just looking at the preview video I, mean, I, was, I was cracking up it was funny steve the psycho and all that stuff, uh, that <laughs> character um it's probably not not something uh i would uh, I, I can see some of my buddies getting getting into this it's not something i'm into but just looking at the page it's almost at a million dollars it just i was like oh my gosh yeah this is this could totally be a cool mini or not thing you know millions of dollars and
1: it, you know, it great absolutely production. fits you yeah. know the lots of miniatures it's a Popular. I mean, it makes sense in the wave shooter form. I mean, the the regular game itself is just going nuts. It's not. It's not your like a horror game. You're trying to shoot as many bullets as you can. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. as many miniatures in the game as they can fit seems to make yeah. sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, is it is the story? Is it just literally just people fighting, or is it that whole like oh you're, you're in a I think you're in an arena and they it's like this dystopian future and you know everyone has to fight to the death or until one person stands? Is that how it works? Or it looks to me to be cooperative.
1: In oh that cooperative. Oh oh. Okay. I think there probably is competitive modes as well. Yeah. But I think the idea is fitting somewhat in this. In in the world, though, I don't think non-canonically, mostly just because I know characters from games mixing, mm-hmm. is it's sort of like, you're going in there. Get loot. You know, yeah. we, we're going to throw enemies in there as well. Yeah. Also, in,
0: I th- in the video <laughs> game world, I think this is like, this is sort of a side thing that happens as opposed to the main storyline.
1: Right. But yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing anything involving the the quote-unquote vaults. Though I do really like... First of all, I always like when miniatures are actually different colors. So you, even if you don't yes. paint, you know, like, that's a player. That's not a player. Or team color. I think it's cool because the, uh, are they called, I always forget, uh, Skags, I think they're called? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like um, wildlife you find in the game. And the fact there are different colors to me tells me that they will act differently than the enemies. So they're like, yeah, they, they'll still go after the, the psychos. You know, right, it right.
2: Mm-hmm. fits in that sense. Nice. I I have to admit, I've never heard the term badassery, the arena of badassery. I (laughs) thought that was sort of neat. So, you know, just based on that, I'm curious.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There you Uh, go. Probably uh, certainly the first board game with badassery in the title, (laughs) right? (laughs) Give him credit for that. I don't
1: know because there was another. uh, Didn't Borderlands have a card game?
0: (laughs) There's at least one or two other. I I don't think they have that in the title, but (laughs) it's
2: possible. Oh, Arena of Badassery, the card game. How about that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that one goes for $85. That's just for the core game, doesn't include stretch goals. You got to pay more if you want all that other stuff. So it's a, it's one of those big games with a ton of minis, if that's what you're into. Uh, there are just a couple others that I also wanted to touch on before we left real quick. One is uh, called The Goblins, and it's just an adventure made for D&D 5e where you play as uh, like baby goblins who have to go out and prove themselves by finding a great present for the Goblin Queen. And it just seemed really cute and funny and weird as a, has a cute little art style associated with it. Uh, So that's one that maybe people want to look at. The other one I wanted to mention more just as a curiosity, uh, because it was so successful. I don't know if either of you saw this Genesis Battle of Champions Origins is the title of this project. (laughs) It is a collectible card game uh, with with a tactical battlefield element to it uh, that now has uh, $250,000. And I was just kind of... Just wondering if anyone knew anything about this because I believe it's been, it sounds like there were some iteration or version of this game in existence previously. And this is now like a new version of it. But I just was shocked at how successfully it's been funded for a CCG that I, like, it's not a property I'd ever heard of or a team I'm familiar with. Yeah. I would think people who play CCGs like are not. (laughs) <laughs> in the market for more of them <laughs> uh
1: well i do know they i don't see the ten of them do as well but i knew um what was it called like zoology i think it was what it was called there was it was like another tcg through kickstarter that the box uh, Metazoo. that's what it was called mm-hmm. and the boxes are like the first edition boxes are very expensive right now um i'm looking on here it looks like 200 oh that's the newest thing is 200 dollars a box Do you think people are just
0: buying this in case it becomes valuable?
1: (laughs) I I I think there is maybe there is always that with a TCG that will there's always that group, and I think sometimes they're like if like you said since this was something before, they could be like oh this still was a thing. There are always speculators, and more often than not, they also ruin the game for people who want to play it. (laughs)
2: yeah i was uh, i was surprised that i mean you know kudos to them they've got over you know a quarter of a million dollars but i I was surprised how how well this funded um the game itself reminded me do you remember that game crystal clans that came out a few years ago from plat hat games um it wasn't a ccg but it had the similar element where it was like you know you're playing cards but you also you're moving them uh it's a tactical movement game as well um, mm-hmm. I wasn't the biggest fan of Crystal Clans, but I feel like this has a, a, some element of that, but in a collectible card game form. And, you know, now that you're talking about, you know, speculators and stuff, I, I feel like that that may play in the part of, like, why this is funding so well. I mean, kudos to them. They they, they made their money and then some. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it looks like, according to their what they say, they've been working on it for a while, so it's not like this is just
1: some thing they came up with and they're trying to make a buck, so... I do feel they have to have a game under there. Like No matter how many speculators (laughs) you have, there's got to be something to make people want to go there in the first place.
0: That's what I always think. All right, so that's what we're looking (laughs) at uh, in crowdfunding this week. Uh, We'll see as as the year continues to dwindle down how many more scraps are thrown out (laughs) into the Kickstarter world. (laughs) Uh, But let's talk about games we've actually been playing in Table Talk. I don't know if my table or talk or was general guy, general space, table, to that table I don't talk like table yeah. talk Ruel, i see that you have been playing a bunch of games that i would very much love to hear you talk about your experiences with uh what do you want to start with
2: oh let's start with one of my favorite games of the year uh cascadia uh, this one is a tile-laying game. It's actually one of those. Uh, it's this. I, I've seen this trend lately. I'm sure you all have seen it, too. It's almost like a double tile-laying game where you're laying down tiles, but then on top of that, you're laying, like, tokens, wildlife tokens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is from AEG's putting it up now. It was originally with Flat Out Games who, and the designers. They've they published some mm-hmm. wonderful games. Um, the previous one of this was Calico, which was another mm-hmm. tile-layer game. And sure. Cascadia is just, it's everything I love about a game. It's puzzly, yet it's streamlined, and it's easy for casual gamers to pick up. Um, I played it with my wife, uh, Michelle, who's more of a casual gamer, and we both instantly fell in love with this game. And I think I, we're up to like a dozen plays of this over since we've had it uh, from the start of this year. So Cascadia is a huge hit. Um, I absolutely love it. Yeah, this I think it was just last episode <laughs> that
0: Will was saying Cascadia is this game that or maybe we said it off the year. I don't remember that you were like kicking yourself for not picking up at some <laughs> I, I, I saw it
1: at Gen Con and something I'm like, Yeah, it looks really cool, but I feel like it's gonna be more for me and not because like something I need to know about. So I could wait on it. Now everyone's like, this is one of the greatest games this year. I'm like, crap. <laughs>
0: We'll, we'll be seeking it out at PAX unplugged i think this this weekend it sounds like oh nice i will yeah. see y'all there we'll i'll help you search for it yeah there you go <laughs> yeah if you spot a copy save it for us
2: <laughs> absolutely uh
0: but that yeah that i mean it's not one for whatever reason it, yeah it seems like it almost feels like a sleeper hit i mean it's aeg but it feels like it yeah. kind of crept up on people and uh, i do like those kinds of laying games i love calico so
2: yeah. Yeah. What's I, you add? know, we, Michelle and I talked about it cause we were fans of Calico too. And, you know, I, I felt like we felt like Calico was like super restrictive as far as like where you can place tiles at certain points um, where, you know, cause you have yeah, that quilt, the the board for the quilt, right. You can't go outside of that board. Whereas Cascadia, I mean, you could build one straight line if you wanted to, or, you know, expand as far as you want. And we like that aspect of Cascadia a little better.
0: Cool. So a little, a little less brain burning maybe.
2: Yeah, it's uh, brain-burning in a different way. Okay. (laughs) Good, good, good. All right, what else have you been playing? Um, We just recently played... Actually, most recently we played On the Rocks. Uh, This is a game from 25th Century Games. Um, It's basically a set collection game and when you first look at it on the table, it looks like potion explosion. It's got all these cool looking marbles and you're placing them in these, you know, dual layer uh, player boards and you're collecting, you know, the ingredients to make cocktails. And uh, it's a fun theme. You're a bartender making, you know, um, all the different drinks, you know, hurricanes or martinis or whatever. And uh, you're just selecting marbles out of these little, um, the little um, bowls. I think they're called jigger bowls. And, you place them down you're just trying to collect sets it's um pretty straightforward a lighter strategy game but the production value is i mean if you've known any of the 25th century games i mean, they, they really do a fantastic job producing their games i'm thinking of like uh kohaku which we have it's just a beautiful game and on the rocks is along those lines where it's got fantastic table presence and um a fun theme, you know, if you ever want to be a mixologist, which I've always wanted to be, even though I don't really drink much anymore, um, it's it's a fun theme to, uh, to play. I'm Oops. looking at the
1: images and it just looks amazing. Like, <laughs> like, like uh, in the, as you said, the quality of components and everything. It just, yeah, it, it looks like a kind of thing you could have hit the table and you know some people are just going to be interested from seeing it and like
2: absolutely and that's i i really do think about that po- when potion explosion first came out i remember seeing it and everyone would just flock to the table to see oh my gosh look at all these marbles and everything i think on the rocks will have like it has like a similar feel to that it's like oh what is this you know and then you see as people place the marbles under their boards and stuff um it has it captures a little bit of that that excitement
0: yeah that and uh this will tell run gizmos and those marbles go yes. a long way that really those are fun to play with <laughs> exactly <laughs> we learned that lesson from marbles <laughs> Just <incorporate Yeah>. marbles.
2: <laughs> the toy uh, factor folks <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so on the rocks i kind of remember that maybe that was, was that a kickstarter perhaps i feel like i've seen it somewhere yeah I think,
2: i'm pretty sure it was a kickstarter last year and then the retail was earlier this year okay okay now
0: you've got a couple of games on your list here that we we have played and enjoyed, uh, uh, Dice Miner and Rolling Realms. So I, yeah. I wonder both and both involve dice and roll the rollings of yeah. dice. <laughs> I,
2: I I love, <laughs> I'm a am a big I fan go. of dice chucking. Yeah, I, I it's just that tactile feel. You know, I, I love rolling dice. Um, but Dice Miner surprised the heck on me. I wasn't expecting much. We we really enjoyed it. It's a nice light game. Twenty minutes to you know set it's quick to set up and play. And, um, we, we played it. I, I remember the first night we played, we streamed it for the first time, uh, I think last week. And immediately afterwards, Michelle was like, Oh, we need to play this again. And we end up playing like four more times off camera. It was fun.
1: It, it's yeah. because I think it has, it combines that, as you said, like a lighter game, but it doesn't feel like you're not doing much. Like you can collect all these dice and you roll them and you do these different combos and stuff. Yeah. So it always feels like you're doing so much. Without having right. to, you know, you think about maybe some other games when you have to. It takes like hours for you to build that up.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it's quick in that sense, and also, you know, it's got that when you you do the beer side, the beer thing, right? When you you, you, oh, you yeah. say cheers, and <laughs> it, it's like that. It's like a fun. It's a fun take on or a, a fun twist on take that, right? I mean, it is sort of take that-y, but it's it doesn't feel that bad. You know, it's like, oh, cheers, here's yeah. a beer, and now I'm going to re-roll it, and you get stuck with it, you know?
1: And, and it doesn't feel also the, I guess, the, so, a lot of take that I see sometimes is just like, I'm going to take that by ruining your plans. Like, right. really putting your wrench when this feels more like, I'm going to make you make an annoying choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, either giving the dice, how you pick the dice off the uh, the mine, I guess you, what, mountain, what would you, is that what it? we the call The mountain? mountain? The yeah. mountain, Yeah. Yeah, like that, that too, it's just so much fun just to see yeah. how that the mountain falls, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great. That was my favorite part of that game. Just that little, that little 3d mountain. It's kind of has like a puzzle game aspect to where the dice go. Yeah. Yeah. Ne- neat game. Really, really it neat is. game dice miner, And then another roll and write, rolling realms uh, but this yeah. one you do not print out at home although actually you did well, you used, <laughs> yeah. used to yeah
2: yeah i i followed this one from its inception when jamie stagmar was you know putting out uh you know iterations of it during the pandemic or you know that we're still in of course but you know he he went through i don't know how many versions 10 or 12 or whatever and finally there's enough interest where they decided to publish a um a real uh analog version of it a produce a nice production and it's got the biggest, chunkiest dice I have ever seen for a roll and write. It's They're amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think
1: it's some of the biggest dice to come with a game that i could think of that we've owned yeah right?
2: i almost thought they were like, too big i was like these are these
1: are actually
0: hard to roll sometimes
1: yeah. i can hurt someone with these oh you
0: can totally hurt someone with them yeah You're like ding your table up a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, but i do like the i appreciate the effort there because it's like well our game's mostly just cards like let's just we're stonemeyer we got to make it look nice <laughs> throw in some I also
1: ice. i think it's cute i don't know i can't remember what it was but something recently they announced like a new game because all, a lot of the realms are based off his games so he's like a new a new realm is going to be a promo so now i just imagine like if they ever make a new bo- like board game it's like it's going to come with the realm for it inside of it
2: yeah yeah i just heard about it too i think the promos are like for terra mystica or something yeah I, that was it right yeah cool.
0: so yeah oh i'd be down for that that sounds fun
2: <laughs> yeah it's
1: a, it's a totally. very clever way to uh, cross promote i think that also doesn't seem to it doesn't seem mean in any way yep yeah
0: solid solid rolling right I, we have yet to introduce it to anyone who isn't a board gamer that was one thing we remarked upon i'm curious what people who like just don't know what wingspan is would think when they sit down and look at these cards that just have a bunch of names that don't mean anything to them <laughs> uh
2: yeah that would... yeah that's that's something i i thought about too like if you weren't really well steeped in you know the whole you know, um, board game hobby, like if this was your first rolling, right. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't consider it using this as like an intro to rolling rights, you know, but for people who are, you know, experienced gamers, so to speak, I, I would definitely bring this out, but if it's the first time, you know, I, I don't think I would, I would, bring it to the table. I don't think I'd use it as the first, but I, I'm
1: not as worried. Cause I feel like if they like the Roll and right system, you know, the yeah. mechanics, it, it, because after they play one, and this has like mul- technically multiple sheets you're keeping track of. I feel like it's like maybe watching a Marvel movie. Maybe you didn't know because either you list missed the last movie or don't know of a certain yeah, like, character that you, you can, can probably get, out, and get away with it. Like yeah. you know who yeah.
0: Spider Man is, but you're looking at like. Uh, it's not even called Red or Charterstone. Like it doesn't right. <laughs> mean This is anything. not the perfect
1: analogy, <laughs> yeah. but like you, I, I think you could probably still zone in on the...
0: Yeah, you could definitely still enjoy it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I am kind of surprised they didn't you know, like yeah. try to theme it in a way that was more mass market appealing, but I guess it, just, it was just more of a passion project for him. So yeah, yeah.
1: And that's how I think the, seeing those things too, you're going to feel like that. If you do know, like I know how... Red Rising works. So when you read the rules, you're like, "Uh, I see what you're doing there." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is neat. And now yeah, it's I,
2: almost like a, it's like the entire game is like Easter eggs, right? It, it's yeah. <laughs> neat in that sense.
0: It, it does kind of feel like, uh, like a like re- a reward for people who are fans of <laughs> Stonefire Games. <laughs> yeah, totally. The last one you got here is a is a big one.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a beast. How, how
0: did this go down, and 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 how hard was it to get it to go down? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Twilight Imperium with the Prophecy of Kings expansion. Um, Twilight Imperium uh, for those that, that don't know that's my it's my favorite game of all time. Um, I'm an Omni gamer. I love everything from Happy Salmon to Viticulture to Twilight Imperium. Um, this one it's an epic game, and it's I. It's been tough because, you know, over the last year and a half because I haven't been able to play in person. But again, things are getting a little safer. Everyone's been vaccinated. And uh, my buddy Ross, actually Ross Thompson from Steamforge Game, formerly of uh, The Op, he's one of my gaming buddies when it comes to Twilight Imperium. So we try to play this on a somewhat regular basis every year, but we haven't been able to until last month. Um, all the, the stars were aligned and we were able to get schedules together and there were... Six of us here in Southern California. Um, My uh, co-host and friend uh, from uh, Good good Looking Kickstarters, Becca Scott. She was kind enough to host the game. Um, And it was her, um, Raina and Phil from One Minute Board Games. Ross, myself, and Jake Michaels, the director over there at Good Time Society. And we played... The game six players with the expansion. It took us twelve hours to finish the game, and <laughs> whoo, it, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. As much as I love the game, I, at the ten hour mark, i it m- might have broken me. I i might have reached my limit. I was like, wow, I'm impressed. Just, <laughs> that's yeah. your breaking
1: point. <laughs> that
2: that's I think that's my breaking point right there. I played eight hour games of it before, and it, I was fine. With the you know the fourth edition base game, but oh my gosh, the expansion is phenomenal. It, it re adds a bunch of stuff from third edition. Uh, ma- mainly the explore action, which they really, um, really uh, nerfed in the fourth edition, apparently. Um, I've never played third edition, but, uh, you know, I've heard all the stories and I've, I've read uh, everything about it. This, the now that they've added it back in the prophecy, with Prophecy of Kings, I think it just makes it so much of a better game. But it makes it a longer game. So I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I love, love, love fourth edition. I loved everything about the expansion is just that that time and, and we were it, it was like it was the first game i've, I've played of twilight imperium um where no one and like everyone at the table had played before so it wasn't like new players you know where sometimes new players it takes a little while to you know grok the rules and stuff no we were all experienced players it still took us 12 hours and we didn't even take like a break for uh, lunch we ate through our lunch you know we had food delivered we're eating, eating while playing all right and yeah, and it's it might have broken me, guys, and um, <laughs> and I told that to my wife. I was like, I don't know if I can play this game again. But as I'm talking about it right now with y'all, I can see myself playing this next year. <laughs> I was about to jokingly ask, like, so can
1: you teach us to play? And I was about to be like, oh, absolutely, sure.
2: Oh yeah, I'll, I would happily teach you the game. <laughs> yeah, we. This is yeah,
1: not one we've played yet. Uh, our friend has gotten it, but we've no, we knew in advance. It's like this is not one we're like at a game night. You want to crack this? <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll take it out. It's yeah. you plan for it. Yes. It's also it was technically weirdly one of my early forays in the board game world. I was over a friend's house. Like this is freshman year of college years ago, and someone brought this. Is like I want to play Twilight Imperium with you. Obviously, he his eyes are bigger than his stomach because I had <laughs> we had to like leave in two hours. Something like you know it was something that should have known. I just remember him dumping it. <laughs> and be like, what are these things? I've never seen a game <laughs> with like half sun domes and all this stuff. Yes. So I remember when I first started, I'm like, someone's like, oh, you, this is giant game. I'm like, well, I know this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those ones on the bucket list that it's like we gotta at some point you gotta do it. You gotta try it, and I, and yeah. I think I'll really enjoy it. But you know i think i think like we said as
1: long as i'm ready for it and mentally prepared for that time commitment yes yeah i think that's really the thing as long as you know that this is not the oh we can do this in an hour or, <laughs> or two for pushing and you got to like, make sure you
2: have the group that also feels that way yes <laughs> agreed course. yes yeah um it, it's an event you know it's one of those uh it was on my gaming bucket list for years and um I just mentioned Jake Michaels. He's the one that, you know, invited me to the, a game and I was like, okay, I have to do it because I'll never do it if, if I don't uh, play it now. And this was a couple of years ago. And that first game I was like, okay, I see why this is hyped up so much. I, I totally live it up to the hype for me. You know, I was lit- I think the first game I played, it was four players, six hours. And I was literally like sore afterwards. I was like, Oh man, my back is <laughs> sore. And, uh, but everything about it, I loved it, It's just so epic in scope. And, you know, it, it's, it is one of those things. It's an experience that I recommend every gamer, at least try once. I mean, if you know what you're going, getting into, of course, you know, plan for the entire day, you got to plan your, you know, snack breaks, your lunch, you have, you know, throwing a nap break if you can, you know, but it's, yeah. to me, it's totally worth uh, the effort. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's someday we'll get to it. I'm, I'm glad it's, it's been a hit for you. And obviously a lot of other people, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's one of those big ones. Now, uh, we played a game It did not quite take 12 hours, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it is on the longer side of games. I'd say it took us maybe three or four to, to play through, not concluding instructions and things like that. And that is one of the biggest games, uh, I feel like, in terms of size, length, and uh, profile this year from Leader Games Oath Chronicles of Empire and Exile is the full title and oath is from uh Cole Worley the designer of Root. so it and it also has the same uh, artist Kyle Farren, i believe is his name so it's very adorable uh and also kind of weird woodland critters there's also some weirder stuff than woodland critters in this one <laughs> there's some some strange uh ambiguous character designs that are really cool and this is a really ambitious game in which everyone has their own little army of meeples And there's a big map on the board. There's different cards that are called sites. And you're trying to go to those regions and take control of them by having your little war bands, your meeples at those sites. And you can fight each other and you can search for special cards that you can play to give you powers and abilities. And the the, the real weird part of this game is that it's kind of a legacy game in that... At the end of it, depending on who wins, that player will get to make some choices determining what the goal of the next game will be. Uh Depending on how the game ended, certain cards will be added to the game. Some cards might leave the game. And uh you don't have to play with the same group necessarily, but I think that's probably, for the most part, the ideal way to play this, at least is the sense that I get. We've only played it once, so... Uh, We haven't really been able to test all that stuff out yet, but it's a big, weird, complicated game. And uh, I I really enjoyed my time with it. I, I think we had a very interesting game that resulted in some fun discussions of strategy at the table. This is definitely a game that I think really asks players to think about the meta in a way that most games don't. And again, I think a lot of that really has yet to even come out for us because I think a lot of it involves the possibility of making alliances or deals or negotiating with other players based on what you think or what you want to happen in the next game. Uh, but it's again it's not a you're not ripping up cards there's no stickers and there's not like your characters aren't leveling up or anything like that essentially each game is a reset it's just that things will change revolving around the setup and the makeup of the components from game to game and maybe your position as a player as well could be different at the start of the next game there's a lot to digest here it's definitely one that like we need to explore more of but uh, Will, what was your uh, first impressions? I, I know we, we know we're both big, big fans of Root. Uh, this is this is pretty different from Root, but, you know, has some of the same kind of design sensibilities. How did it land for you?
1: I really like the, for lack of a term, the reset mechanic of how just, like, it's it doesn't even feel like a legacy game. It feels almost like a controlled rogue like like you go into the game differently each time it sets out. Yeah. And I think that was a pretty cool idea of like which cards, maybe the card that like we had um, something Oak that was really being abused in our game. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact name and that could have been removed. I don't know. Uh, Which now that that's not around, there won't be any uh, spell books. I definitely need to see more in terms of strategy. I don't, like, the thing is, because you're not carrying over, like, oh, be- my character does better with the beast. They're not a clan, like, group?
0: Uh, Suit, yeah. I they're know. suits of cards. Suit.
1: So, I have yet to see why I would make an alliance to put me in a, like, I don't know how much better of a position. It didn't seem to be, like, I, I guess I don't know. Like, you don't win with someone, for example, if you partner as a citizen mm-hmm. with the... Uh, the Chancellor. What, 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 <laughs> Chancellor. <laughs> And uh, it it was late, so I don't remember exactly everything. But I don't remember like why it seems like there, you 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 start with less stuff if you're the citizen.
0: You said, yeah. Well, it's so there's this there's this dynamic where most players are on the same playing field. There is one person who is the chancellor who has a couple of extra privileges, and one of the things they can do is make another player a citizen, which means essentially those they're on the same team. Uh, they're helping each other, but the chancellor is the one who will win unless there's like a loophole <laughs> where the, the citizen can uh, become the successor and outsmart them and win still. So, yeah, like, again, we haven't played, so it's hard for me to speculate. I have read a lot of other people's thoughts on it. And, I, I you know, starting the game that way, I think you would have more power uh, because you're like working with someone and then you could later on you know break that agreement if you wanted to i do think there is a lot of it that is stuff that maybe certain players might love and some people might not care for at all which is less about your position in the game and more like i i think the ideal my sense is that the ideal way to play this game is you would have a regular group for it every couple weeks or something and you might be like you know what the the that person has won too many times so i'm just gonna ally with you because i just want to see someone different win and maybe maybe you'll pick a goal that i like or something like really really meta stuff <laughs> as opposed to strictly mechanic based stuff but i have again we haven't tested it but that's kind of the thing that i'm I'm wondering maybe. yeah
1: i feel like that's what you have to do because remember one game only You know, we finally (laughs) really drive that home. (laughs) And of course, well, because I also I'm curious to see what happens if like because you can play this solo. Like what happens if you play the group? Then someone plays it solo. Then you come back. I'm really curious to see how that plays out because I really do like it. But in our game, it really came down to I felt like and it it feels weird to compare to this because it's almost like a heavy game with a super light to Munchkin where everyone gets within winning target zone. And you just sort of keep picking on people in order until one person, everyone's already used up all their tricks. So one person <laughs> wins. Like one guy very early on flipped the division to if he wins, if he starts his turn with a certain banner and he kept losing the banner. Meanwhile, I had a vision too, but I didn't reveal it until I had like built up this huge force, all this, like, it just feels like you have to like hide under the radar. You want to be the second best person. <laughs> so everyone like beats up the first
2: person. Yeah,
0: which of course I, I, I was I, I understand but your comparison, but I was and still am very don't... offended by by comparing this game to Munchkin. Oh, yeah, well
1: that's the thing. <laughs> I, I it's just the first mind, and I also don't it's, feel like I yeah. can't say that that's you know sometimes you can play a game and be like this is how it tends to play. I don't know with the way that the game changed how it's going to play in in round two, yeah or three if you miss one. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, R- there's there's a lot of weird stuff here. R- Ruel, you have any yeah. uh, desire to, or, to play oath or have you played it at all? I
2: I have not played it, um, but I'm a, a big fan of root as well. And um, just I, I'd never heard this before. But uh, Will, you describe it as a, like almost like a rogue like, and I was like, oh, that that totally piqued my curiosity. I and I haven't heard that described that way. It's funny too. You also talk about the the whole Munchkin thing the the whole beat up the leader uh uh aspect and i can actually compare twilight imperium to munchkin as well like there's that point where someone's gonna get to you you're only playing the 10 victory points right it's a it's a real quick game 10 10 victory points in twilight imperium and once someone gets around seven or so that's when everyone starts picking on them and it's like it, it's funny it's like at that it does have that little bit of munchkin esque uh element to it even though it's totally not munchkin um it's like uh, it's it's just like it's a the one I know, and it feels like a really like
1: as Jonathan said, it's
0: well here's my let me here's my um take on that I think almost every game has that <laughs> any game where uh-huh. you can tell if someone's winning or not players will have a tendency to try to stop them from winning. I think the difference is in some games, like certainly in oath especially in oath. A lot of games, I think, try to hide that or distract you from it. And I think Oath mm-hmm. really goes all in of like, no, no, look, who is trying, who is about to win? You can try to stop them if you want. Like, it, it all yes. kind of embraces yeah. it.
1: There are plenty of games that have that. But like you said, I think hiding it helps a lot of the times. Like, that's why I like yeah. secret bonuses or goals because yeah, uh, it's really not even, it's the picking can feel, but it's even worse when you're in the end and you're like, there is nothing I can do right. to mm-hmm. catch up.
0: But I but I don't think yeah. that's true in Oath, though. So I, I do I love you know I love that it's not victory points. There are like multiple win conditions and they're very I agree different. mostly
1: uh, on on that, but on a funny note, that's literally what happened to you in our game last night. You literally said, <laughs> I have to choose Yes, but that if I was go the after... final I know, round. No, that game. doesn't it's not the same thing. I just find it funny. Yeah. It's just like No, like I, for tried, most of the We I, I was trying to find a way. I was still yeah, like we, in the game. It was really annoying because there was like one thing. Like, I gave Jonathan away. Like, I think you could still, if assuming he could go after me and take me out, that you might still win. Because Jonathan started off as the oath keeper involving the dice roll stuff. But like, we came up with like three different strategies for him. And he's like, always like one coin short. <laughs> yeah. <It> was, like,
0: <laughs> Which I, I just loved all that discussion. You know, like, that was so fun for me. It just we were all like, we weren't even really competing at that point. I mean, we were, but everyone was just trying to figure out: is it even possible <laughs> for you to do this? <laughs> and there's like three different ways you might be able to get it. Yeah, you know, and and you will ended up winning the game with all with barely ever fighting anyone. So, like I, which I thought was cool. I
1: want to be very huh. clear: it was very obviously a a a one trick pony strategy.
0: M- maybe it was, I don't
1: think necessarily, but maybe you I no because I think now people see if someone gets more than two relics, all right, and assuming the main goal isn't that they're gonna be like if you have a vision, you know what they're it's and right. you can go and just no one cared about my relics and I was just like okay I guess I'll <laughs> gather them all and I
0: mean that you is know, I think we would certainly be savvier about it yeah so for people who don't understand there's visions are these you, there's extra goal cards you can draw that are secret until you reveal them uh, similar to like what Root has so. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to win in this game. Um but anyway, yeah, it it's it's a crazy game. I've been I was really anticipating it and I'm really looking forward to playing more. I am a little worried about that it will lose something without the same group. I kind of
2: wish we could get the same people together, but I know that's impossible for us. (laughs) Yeah. That's, 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 that was my question. Like, you know, they say you don't have to, but I, it it seems like you, for the best experience you would play with the same group.
0: I think it's, it's better. It would be fine. If it's like, if you played this once a week and like every third week, somebody wasn't there or somebody subbed in, like it would work. But if mm. if you're like always going to be playing this with a different group, I think you're going to be missing out a lot of, on a lot of the stuff it offers.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. the one, like going back, like I don't know why, if I made this deal, but I'm not in the next game. It right. It seems weird. <laughs> right, um, yeah, what's yeah, the point? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but you know, they're, they're trying something. And it's... And no, I, like I, that,
1: I like that idea a lot. And I don't think it's... I think it, we could see it used in other games. I would like to see this sort of. Like, it doesn't even need to be make deals or something, just that what's available between games. It's like not legacy. It's just.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll, like, we'll robelike. come up with name for it. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is Oath. Uh, check it out if that sounds interesting to you. We're going to keep playing and see how we feel about it. Uh, we played a couple other games, too, at game night, but they were just small ones, and I don't want to run too long. So uh, maybe we'll talk about them next week or somewhere else. Let's just uh, cut to the end of the show where I am going to finish off with us playing a board game game. That's right. A board game game. Uh, now, Ruel, I know you are a Star Wars fan. Oh, You, men- yeah. you mentioned Carcassonne earlier. And yes. how perfect, because I have devised a Star Wars themed game this week. We are playing another edition of Fiddly Feud. Everyone's favorite game show for the World Crypt podcast. And like Family Feud, I have got a list of items here that you guys are going to have to try to guess what is on that list. And this week we're doing from, according to Board Game Geek, their top, I'm going to do top 12 Star Wars themed games. Now, oh, there aren't wow. a ton Though well, there are a ton of Star Wars games, but there's only I'd say so many really high profile ones. So I think to make this a little more interesting, uh, maybe maybe you guys could try to try to just really get as high as you can, or maybe maybe even call your shot if you're if you want to guess what position on the list you think Ooh. this is, uh, and w- maybe you'll get some bonus points or something like that. But to clarify, this is from BoardGameGeek.com user ranked. Star Wars board and card games, not RPGs. Now, I and and we'll have you guys alternate trying to guess an item on the list. So, Ruel, do you want to go first or second? I'll
2: let you choose. Um, I'll go first, and to, to quote to quote uh, Han Solo, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> now, do you think, are you going to call your shot with
1: number one? You think you can get With the... number
2: one, I'm going to call my shot. That's why I wanted to go first, because I feel like I know what's number one as far as Star Wars games go. Yeah,
1: that was like the one, my one safe bet I think <laughs> I could have... <laughs>
2: well, let's hear it. What do you think? Okay, so I think the highest ranked Star Wars game is Star Wars Rebellion. Also, I just realized I didn't...
0: Uh... Usually I have sound effects for this, but I didn't import them. So I'm going to have to do them myself. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion. <laughs> uh, ding, ding, ding. You are correct. <laughs> yes.
2: Right. Star
0: Wars Rebellion is indeed the number one Star Wars game for a while. Maybe it still is. I don't think it, maybe it was like in the top 10 or so of just overall yeah. board game geek. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I that's love that a game. safe bet. Yeah. All right, another another big long one, (laughs) as we were talking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, well, it's your turn. Maybe we got the kind of maybe the obvious one out of the way, but there's still plenty of uh, Star Wars games. At least for the call,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go with.
0: uh, We'll just say in general, unless you want to be real weird with it, we'll just say you're you're assume you're trying to get the next highest, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh so obviously it has to go to Monopoly Star No. Uh <laughs> I'm I'm debating between two. I'm gonna go with Star Wars X Wing. I needed to be real
0: specific with this. <laughs> oh. Because there are multiple Sorry. versions of X Wing. Oh
2: my
1: gosh. <laughs> oh god there not are not necessarily uh, Star- on this
0: list. I won't give that away maybe, but
1: <laughs> Star Wars. X-Wing Minter's game no, Well, God, yes. what call it called No now? that
0: no that's the title yeah. but there's okay, That's
1: a, the one I'm calling but that's there's, the one I'm calling There's
0: that's... a there's a few different or I'm just going to assume you're going with the just basic vanilla X-Wing yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I will give you X-Wing so first edition Star Wars X-Wing it is not number uh, 2 but it is number 3.
1: So All right.
0: Ooh. So very
1: very You cool. know, I made top 5. That's that's a good start nice. for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, so so well done. Might not be the last X-Wing game on here.
2: <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, my gosh. Giving that one away. But, uh, Ruel, back to you. What do you think? So X-Wing would have been my number two. It's actually number three. Huh? Oh, my gosh. Now. It should well, be noted well, well, that Board Game Geek
0: rankings are subject to change at any time based on who knows what. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Tell you what, I'm, I'm going to go with Star Wars Imperial Assault. Well, that is number two. Oh, you wow. Got it again on the yeah. dot. Yeah, that actually surprised me a little bit because yeah. I feel like nobody really talks about that game anymore. Yeah. Uh, I was a fan wow. of it, but yeah, that's number two.
1: It makes sense now that I'm thinking about it because that was the Star Wars Descent and everyone loves Descent. Yeah, but it,
2: like you said, sure. it's weird because that has it, it is out of print, right? I'm not. I'm not making that up. I think you're right, and it just—it seems like it didn't. Like everyone talks about X-wing miniatures, but not Imperial Salt. You know what I mean? And that seems weird to me because I feel
1: like Imperial Salt would be more, I guess, board game friendly. I don't mean to be like because it has a core. When I feel like X-wing is very much collectible in essence.
0: Right, right, right. 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 Well, well, it's back to you. What do you think? We we got the top three so far. Can we? We got the
1: top three. Can you get four Um, or five. Well, I'll go with another big one, but I have a feeling this is going to be maybe five or six. I could be wrong, but that's Star Wars Armada.
0: Armada is on the list. It is number five. So I'll, I'll give that oh, to you. That's, I, you, nice. you. You were pretty good with that. So, yeah, a little less popular than Next wing but it still makes the list. All right. Uh, there's There's plenty more to go. What do you wow. think, Ruel? Yeah, I, I,
2: I thought for sure Armada would be right after um, Miniatures uh, or X Wing. You know what? I'm gonna. I have I have two that I'm thinking of right now, but I'm gonna go with the the oldie and the the goody and the Outer Print Queen's Gambit.
0: Mm. All right. Yes, the Queen's Gambit, which was later uh, sort of adapted into a Risk Star Wars edition that you can buy now. Uh, star wars the queen's gambit it is on the list but it's all the way up at Mm. number 10 so it is uh, top 10 okay it is in the top 10 technically i'll give you the technical detail when we're finished you won't believe it when i tell you (laughs) 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 but uh, for the purposes of this game i'm calling it top 10 (laughs) Um, all right which puts it back to will yeah queen's gambit that's a that's a that's a fan favorite for sure a cult hit
2: yeah
1: Now i don't think this one's gonna be high but it's I've not played Rebellion. I'll say that, but probably one of my favorite Star Wars games, and that's Outer Rim. I'm thinking that. Uh, oh yeah, seven or eight. <laughs> you may be surprised.
0: Outer Rim actually sneaks its way into number four on this list. I make me. I nice. make really
2: happy.
1: I just feel like it like came out, no one talked, but then the expansion announced and everyone was happy again.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody wanted that expansion, so maybe that finally being announced has pushed it back up, got more people talking about it. Yeah that's possible. Now there are let's see. four left, in the, yes, four left in the top 10. 6 through 9?
2: Yes, that is correct. top 10.
0: 6 through 9. I do have 11 and 12 here if anybody guesses them but
2: okay. Um I'm going to go with and this is something that's I haven't played and I don't honestly I don't know anyone that does but I know it's popular. Star Wars Legion, the um the mm. miniatures game.
1: That legion. Mission, it should
2: we, we've gotten
1: the other spaceship <laughs> right
0: <laughs> legion is number 12 <laughs> it is oh. down at, at the end so
1: okay it,
0: it I, I it to me it looks like that's really like the the lowest ranked of the real big popular yeah. star wars games yeah it just makes the cutoff. uh I, i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you a hint will since you know we, went, we let we go first but this might help both of you anyway of numbers six through nine i think um Three of these four games are out of print.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy yeah. um, At least two of them gonna are. I was going
1: to say something else, but with that, then I'll, I'm going to take the gamble, and I'm going to go for the Star Wars LCG.
0: Yes, ah. Star Wars the card game is number nine.
1: Nice. Um, that
2: is right.
1: Never yeah. played it, but I love the LCG yeah. model. I'm curious yeah. like how it actually played. And that's that's always, what
2: I was going to guess, too. I think that's, a, that's great. Uh, so an out-of-print one. I'm going to say Star Wars Epic Duels. No, Epic Duels. I think that was actually like
0: 14 or something like that. Oh A little lower down. But, yeah, there's that's, that is
1: another Star Wars. So eh, you got a next eh. on your record. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is still in print or not. Uh, and, I mean, you said it was sort of adapted, but Star Wars Risk? That's number 11.
0: Okay, uh, uh.
2: Star Wars is sitting at number eleven. Wow, I that was, that was my final guess. I don't man, can I name any other Star Wars games? I can't think of any. Are we stuck? Monopoly
1: um, Star Wars? <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I actually I, I I'm pretty sure this isn't on the list, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyways. It was it's and I think it's out of print. Um, and what is it called? Star Wars: Age of Rebellion. I think it's Empire versus the Rebels or something like that a fantasy flight game i think nikki valens helped uh develop it i i need to know what this game is but it is not on this list <laughs> not on the list okay i have a copy and it's it's sounds great <laughs> it's not a bad game
0: yeah i wish it were on there what do you think will Are any guesses left or are we, are we... i'm
1: a little worried because i felt like i've expended my knowledge of star wars games i can think of <laughs> um oh wait oh god um i can picture it but i'm forgetting the name of it oh no uh, huh. Uh-huh. God, I know it's on there too. <laughs> oh, uh,
2: describe it. Maybe we can figure it out together.
1: It's, it's the Dice Masters, but it's not, but it, it they had their own version, it had bigger dice. Oh,
2: oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what is that called? Uh, Destinies.
1: Yes.
0: Star Wars Destiny is at number seven. Yeah. Nice.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just give it to you because the last two at number six is X-Wing Force Awakens Corset. and (laughs) at number eight is x-wing second edition (laughs) oh
1: (laughs) okay now
0: now here's the uh here's the other fun part of this so i took it off the list because i was like what but according to board game geek the number six highest ranked star wars game is chess Wait, i they believe Wait, are you it, talking about the special one like you have so there is a star wars chess variant no that my i have um that's the actual different game the hollow chess version but there is like a star wars chess set and i think that's why it's there but on the page it doesn't say star wars it just says chess as if
2: chess <laughs> is just from star wars
1: so i was like that doesn't count
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Good call on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think all that's right. a fair one. So that was Fiddly
0: Feud. I declare you both winners. You really you oh, okay. so was fun. You <laughs> did a great job. Ruel, you earned all kinds of experience points for helping us out on today's episode. Before you go, would you please spend them by telling people exactly how they can find you on the Internet? What kind of shows you got going on right now?
2: Yeah, I just want to say thanks again, Jonathan Will. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, Folks uh, who aren't familiar with my work, you can find me all over the interwebs at Ruel Gaviola, R-U-E-L-G-A-V-I-O-L-A. I'm most active on Twitter as far as the socials go. Uh, Shows I co-host with uh, Becca Scott, good-looking Kickstarters, over on the Good Time Society YouTube channel. I also do the R&R show with Rotto on his channel every week. Uh, you can find me several times a week on my Twitch channel, Tabletop Tonight. Um, I also do podcasts with The Five By. I write articles. You can find my work at Game Ta- Trade Magazine and other websites. And I'm also proud to serve on the committees for the American Tabletop Awards and the Tabletop Writers Guild.
0: Yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. We will put links to that in the show notes. Uh, I can't remember if this was just something that, that I made up. You guys call them the Addas? You ever call them the Addas? The American Tabletop Awards? <laughs> oh, the
2: Addas? Um, no. I I mean, it is abbreviated. Uh, maybe that's something Addas, to but... think about. Just so you can yeah, call maybe it, we, the, we the may have to take that. <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd Get throw it out
1: there. <laughs> I feel like you—you got to be careful though. This could end up just like with Star Wars, are the Addas ATA? All <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh no!
0: Yeah, it all comes together. Uh, but no, nice. please, if you're listening, definitely check out those links if you aren't familiar with them already. Roll, uh, well, you do all kinds of really cool stuff, and I'm glad we got the chance to talk to you today. And uh, if any listeners want more roll for crit stuff, you can find it at rollforcrit.com. Links to all our video content, audio content. Uh, we're on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/rollforcrit. And uh, you can review us on iTunes, or if you have a question or comment, you can send it to our email address for the show, MeepleGallery at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show for you. We will, I promise. And that's going to do it. Once again, thanks to you, Ruel, and thanks to everybody listening. My name is Jonathan. I'm Will. And this has been the Roll for Crip podcast. Bye.